Welcome back, everybody, to the Blue Box, the unofficial Animorphs podcast. This is the Blue Box, baby. That's one of your hosts, Scotty Shark, Robbie Bear, Robbie Bear. That sounds better. Here, episode four. We're, we're here, man. We're we're still doing it. We're we still didn't doing quit. It. We didn't quit. Christos, so. you can get to the next audiobook now, and then listen to questions. us. Victoria, as I know, you've had many questions. You've been a been here since the beginning asking a lot and i will i will get back to you on all of those yeah my we've read your emails and we're thinking about what to say we might do a whole q a episode we think so we'll yeah. wait for a few more to accumulate before we do that notice a running theme so yeah here we are episode four yeah our first cassie book yeah my name is cassie mm-hmm um, for those of you who are kind of keeping score we had so you know we're still working our way through all the narrators uh cassie is the one who lives on the like farm or wild life re- rehabilitation her parents are like either zoologists or veterinarians i think i think veterinarians um she is kind of she's best friends with rachel she seems like she might have a little crush on jake oh yeah she's like the smart lisa simpson one kind of like hippy dippy farmy i mean Seems cool. Like a like a cooler Mega Ann baby. Yeah. If you know who she is. Yeah. I I mean, and for international fans, we know you don't understand, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> she, Unless they're in Ethiopia, maybe. So true. Um, um, by the way, I gotta say, we did not even say the name of the book yet, did we? I don't think, no, I didn't say the title, no. This one is called The Message. Mm-hmm. And unlike, I think, the last couple books, we know exactly what the message is. Yes. And, yeah, because I've been kind of watching how much the titles really correlate with the plot. I think this one is fine. Yeah. Um, appropriate. It's, it's the whole driving point of the plot, really. Is yeah. Um, and I feel a like... message, I suppose. I kind of feel like, up until this book, I feel like I haven't noticed, like, that big of a Cassie presence. I mean... Yeah, she's kind of in the background, really just kind of like, oh, she has access to all these animals, so yep. that's why she's yeah. in and, the book. <laughs> and I feel like they say kind of in passing a couple different times, I know it's more throughout the series, they didn't talk about it more, but that Cassie seems to like be the best at morphing. Um, yeah, like, she can do it quickly. Most in tune with the animals. Yeah. And like... I guess is the logic behind that. Yeah. But she just seems to not... She, I think at one point they're like she looks the least gross doing it. Yeah, <laughs> something they talked about before. <laughs> yeah, she she makes it look as good as it can. Somehow, right. I don't know because they will. I mean, and you know we've talked about it before, but they often when they describe morphing, they are very graphic in describing like the bone crunching and like scales or like fur growing and like how your like eyes get more beady. I mean they they really get in there on that nitty gritty stuff for so. sure. Yeah, um, and this actually her ability to morph the best kind of comes in handy mm-hmm. in the anecdote to start this book because there's always one of those um she's in the barn yep but uh they've been having problems with the what some of the birds going missing little birds or, yeah that's right yeah and they gotta find out what what predator is coming and getting there and she morphs into a squirrel a little squirrel shout out to alex johnson as well he loves oh, squirrels yeah. yeah i mean you know kind of seems medium similar 
to when Rachel turns into a shrew, where it's, like, kind of an anxious animal. Yeah. But, like, high energy. Like, there's a, I mean, if you just look at this page, how many times is the word predators? Oh, yeah. Like, like the squirrel brain out. is... It sees all these caged-up animals mm-hmm. that are predators in the barn, too. And it's, she's freaking out, tries to get control, is really having a hard time. Yeah, panic. I mean, that's, I, that's a theme, I think, you know, when they ever have small animals that are mostly prey... The instinct is just to panic, which I guess is a survival instinct for that animal, so. Yeah. yeah. She's, so she's hanging out in there, freaking out, and Tobias comes in, and uh, she feels his predator eyes on him, and... The male gaze. The male, yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> he's just working at the construction site, and she's walking by, and... Yeah. Um, except he's like, you he's are... He's got nuts for that squirrel. Right, he's like, you is a delicious little slice walking around this bar. <laughs> she does make a uh, squirrel sandwich joke at him. Yep, yep. Which is funny, and he, he takes it pretty well. I don't know, like, is this the first time these characters have interacted? <laughs> They're like, huh. She's like, you're a bird, I'm some lady who lives here, wears a lot of overalls. Um, squirrel sandwich, you look at him, he's like, no, I was thinking barbecue. <laughs> And as we may recall from his last book, he kind of makes peace with, like, eating wild animals right. and not, like, just, like, kind of embracing that hawk side, so... I mean, you put enough barbecue sauce on a squirrel, Yeah, how bad could it be? I mean, I know. Yeah, for sure. I think I don't want to, but at the same time, I can't tell you why I don't want to, because it's, like, probably fine. Yeah. <laughs> so. Anywho. Yeah. They're in there. It's all, it's getting better, you know, whatever. Uh, a fox comes in. Mm-hmm. And obviously that triggers her, and the fox basically is hunting Squirrel Cassie down. Yep. And Tobias saves the day, swoops in, scares it away. They know it's a fox. Fox in our hen house. Mission solved, but all of a sudden we hear Papa coming out from the house. This oh, is yeah. late at night, you know. Um, and she's trying to morph back into her human form. And she just makes it because he thinks he sees something funny because her tail was basically the last thing left oh yeah that's right and he says turn around and like just as she's turning the tail pops right in because she's a good morpher because she's a good morpher and he's yep. like oh no, never mind i thought i saw something there. <laughs> i thought there was a tail there yeah, missy but exactly turns out says, but it's like it was yeah. nothing <laughs> i mean he's a veterinarian so and then that night she goes to bed and dreams of the sea yeah yeah the ocean so like we've pointed out many a time these kids live near the ocean. We know that much. And I do. I did find out more geographical. There's a note later in the book. Oh, a geographical clue. Oh, for sure. It's a okay. big. It's a big one. Okay. It's a really big one. I think I must have not noticed it. All right. Well, let's wait. Well, well, no spoilers yet. No. It's um. It's yeah. It's it's plot related. So. So yeah, dreaming about the ocean. Um. I mean, I feel like. She, like, presents it to the guy, to the team, to the other Animorphs, and, you know, she, for whatever reason, you know how no one wants to hear about another person's dreams. <laughs> right. Yeah, Marco just gets all sassy and says, I dream about Sesame Street and Elmo, and yeah. obviously Rachel makes fun of him for dreaming of that. Mm-hmm. And it's just the whole thing. And they, I, Is this when he makes it? I, there's a Sun Tzu reference? Is that how you can say his name? These kids are more like educated than War. me. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I think it is Sun Tzu. I only know that because of Gilmore Girls, so <laughs> I'm not educated and I did not I, read The Art of War. I haven't read The Art of War. It seems a little stale. It does, although I no. feel like I've got enough quotes from it. From I like, think I read Art of the Deal and it's the same thing. Okay, sure. That's, I mean, I read um, 
I can't remember that author's name, but that one of them, like, how to not give a fuck about anything. <laughs> Mark, whatever his name was. So. Yeah, so they're meeting, and she's talking about the dreams, and, um, jeez, I don't know. She I talks mean, about she being cute here a little bit. Well, she just, like, feels oh. like it's more than a dream, that it's, like, different. She feels like there is, like, a call to the ocean, but it's not necessarily, like, right. the water. Just so what happens is, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Um. Jake shows up with a VHS tape of oh, the news, right. and right. there's a piece of metal washed on the shore. It's like weird, and it's got some weird language on it. Yeah. And Jake recognizes it, or Tobias recognizes I think. Yeah. As the writing from the ship. It's like, good job, buddy. Oh, uh, that uh, Prince Elfengor, the first yep. Andalite they meet. R.I.P. Rip, bro. Um, that's right. So they're like, is there a piece of the ship in the ocean, or is the ship a different ship in the ocean? Right, and they're like, well, we gotta check this out. We know the controllers are seeing this. Right, and Cassie's like, you know, I feel like it's not a dream. Like, it's almost like a message. Yes. <laughs> so literally, like, when he plays this, Cassie blacks out. That's right. She blacks out and has this super vivid dream. I'm here. I cannot survive much longer. If you can hear me, come, come. Anything for attention. And, yeah, uh, Tobias, Cassie wakes up and is coming to, and then all of a sudden Tobias passes out. Same mm-hmm. kind of deal. Yeah. They're like, got a fucking dead bird in the house. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's it's, just losing You ever seen, like, a dead bird? It's just, you know. Like a it's, full. It's gross. Ep- you don't want that in your house. Like a full epilepsy attack on everybody. It's, like, unnerving, I'm sure. So, yeah, now they're like, okay, well. She wasn't asleep this time. This was like a vision came to her, basically, or like whatever. So they're like, I guess yeah. we got to take this more seriously. <laughs> yeah. And so they're like, I guess we got to care about the ocean. Um. So yeah, they make a plan. Basically, they're like, she like for whatever reason they have a sense of where it needs to be. So they go to the beach. Yeah. Right? And they're, I think they go later in the evening. Or I think wherever like the thing washed up or wherever the news report right. was from. Yep. Exactly. And. But it turns, it's, it's later in the night, and the only other people on the beach are a group of controllers. Yep. Has to be. Who else would be out there? Well, the because they group. saw the news, too. They're so all they from know. the gathering, the yep. group. The, the sharing. <coughs> the sharing, excuse me. Yeah. Wow. Know uh, your lore, bro. Um, uh, yeah, because, you know, they see the news, too, so they know, like, oh, this is probably an Andalite ship, and, like... Obviously, we're interested, too, to know what's going on. Um, yeah, and eventually the controllers see them. Yep. And I think they get shot at once. Yeah, they and do. And they run along the dunes, and they kind of wait till they the group runs into the dunes behind them. And then they run back out to the beach and turn into trout. Yeah. In the salt water, and it's not a really good time for yeah, them. Yeah, and that is, yeah, they're like, this ain't good. <laughs> the chapter basically ends there, too, so it's not, they don't give any details how they got away, because, like, it, the controllers saw their footprints go in the water, like, of course they think they're Andalites, so whatever. Yes, but I, I don't know if it's this part, I know there's a part in this book where somebody does, like, make a comment, like, seems kind of like humans, you know, like, instead of Andalites. Oh. Um I don't know if it's happened yet. It happens at some point in this book. Okay. But the other controller, like, dismisses it. But at the point is, like, there's a, you know, at least a little fragment of suspicion in there. Um, it's quite... Yeah, I don't remember the trout thing. Yeah, you're right. It kind of just, trying to, like, fade to black and they're okay. Yeah. I guess I don't really know if a trout would die. I mean, they would water. make it, a, you know, I think maybe so long enough. But I don't but, know how they would know where the hell they were going or when where they morphed out. 
I guess but, you just follow the stream. You know. I don't know. That's uh, maybe a little side stories. Right. For when they're older. So obviously they know they can't be trout and like be fish to get to where they're going. Um, if they're going to travel via the ocean. Um, so like the next obvious yeah. choice is something that can handle salt water and is not going to be like a little bitch in the ocean. Right. And we have our narrator, obviously. Her mom works at the gardens, which is basically yes. Bush Gardens. Yeah. It's, it's a zoo and music park, and it's called the Gardens. It's Bush yep. Gardens. They got Basically dolphins. Tiger King. Yeah, they got uh, they got all this cool stuff. Yep. Um, sea lions, but yep. they they decided to go with dolphins. It's smart. Um, dolphins are pretty freaking cool. Yeah, for sure. And they're fast. I mean, you have to get if you have to get where you're going in the middle of the ocean or whatever. You obviously and you have a two hour time limit. You want to get there quickly. Some mammal brains, so probably a little easier to control. Yeah, and like not. Notably, a ton of like natural predators on the water. So yes, um, but my, this might be my favorite part of this book, even though I didn't really care for this show. But the 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 dolphin's name is Joey mm-hmm. that they meet initially. Um, they're like playing with him. Yeah, and then they ended up like meeting the trainer and having like a hangout sesh where they can feed all the fish. And she's like, "Oh yes." Um, these are my dolphins. There's six of them. Yep. <laughs> what are their What are their names? Their names are Joey and Chandler and Ross, Monica, Phoebe, and I can't remember the last one's name now. <laughs> uh, Rachel. Rachel. Kidding. It's the '90s, y'all. <laughs> so yeah, that was my that's the best I, reference so far. I would also like to point out that this book was published in 1996, so Friends had only been on the air for two seasons. That's how much of a cultural phenomenon it was. Uh, so Jay, yeah, you know. K.A. Right. knows what's, what's the haps are at. And she was probably writing this. She probably bought Amazon stock, too. I know. Sweet, sweet lady. Smart lady. So anyways, yeah. So we got, so we got some dolphin action. Yeah. Access. So they all got their... They all touched a dolphin. And yep. Got their dolphin stuff. Yep. So they go out for a swim. They You know, they have some disagreements. And yes. they have to talk about it, but who cares? Marco's very resistant, I mean, because he doesn't really know how to swim. Yeah, and he's Marco. His mom drowned. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, his mom, but so he's got some legit trauma. Yeah, there. yeah. Let me for tell you, sure. 90s kids don't care about your past trauma. And I think, like, uh, yeah. They're like, get over a wimp. We gotta get in the water. And, you know, Marco's always the cautious one, but, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna do it anyway. But, uh, you know, he's not always wrong. And they no. go out, they go out dolphin swimming. They're having a fucking great time. Yeah, the dolphin brain is. Fun. Just zipping around, doing cool dolphin tricks yeah. you see at the dolphin shows. Just, you know, dolphin stuff. They Chittery com- chattering at each other. They compare it to, like, the dog brain, where it's like, this is just fun, and you're, like, euphoric and jumping around. You're having a good time. Dolphins are a, a pleasure animal to be, for sure, they say. Yeah. Um, and they're swimming around, kind of looking, but they're really just enjoying themselves. Yeah. And they see something, or hear something. I think they hear this. They, or they use their echolocation. This uh, whale. Yep. It's a little. Oh yeah, it's a little humpback. A little hump. It's a big humpback. He's being attacked by some sharks. I would also just like to say before we even get further in this part of the plot, like from this moment, granted, it is 1996, so it is relevant. But like, this truly becomes like an extended level in Echo the Dolphin, and not just because they're dolphins. All the shit they're about to do is very derivative. So everyone just. I'm going to make some illusions as we go. Okay, First part, okay. a whale in distress. Yep. Um, 
And uh, they start. They decide like, "Fuck it, we're gonna go attack these." I think Cassie it's, it's does. A shark, just, right? That's yeah, like I think there's three or four sharks yeah. attacking this big old whale. Yeah, rude. Yeah. Um, and, and they like, go and do their dolphin fight with it. Everything's going okay. It's a frenzy. It's terrifying. Right. And but you know, dolphins. I mean, I think are pretty confident. It seems like, and they're just like, "We're gonna go in like." and gangbang. Yeah, I think they mess one up pretty bad and they do. And he swims off and the other two sharks smell his blood and chase him and go eat him. Yeah. Right? I think yeah. Pretty brutal, right? Yeah. And uh and but so now they're like, alright, we saved the whale. The dust in the ocean is settling. Yes, if you say. Will. And uh Marco is injured. Yes he is. He is. He had a big chunk and bite taken out of him. Yeah. He's um, not and right in the thigh he's not doing so hot. Panic. Panic again. Which, I mean, like, real talk. Like, I mean, you're in the middle of the ocean, and it's, like, nighttime, and um, you get bit by a shark. They're miles out. And you're already uncomfortable in the water. So, they have to save Marco. I mean, also, keep him calm while they do it. And I think he just, like... I don't know if at this point... He starts to morph back into a human, because he's yeah. like, well, you can get healed because it's just the dna transfer yeah you should be fine like, and then you can transfer back and we'll and you can swim out right right the thought yes but that wasn't there wasn't really time for that but he right was trying it but also he doesn't want to demorph into a human because he can't swim right so he's very nervous about that so i as i recall they kind of just bump up into him and like let him demorph and hold him up well here's what happens the humpback oh that's right goes underneath falls. him the humpback, and he says, he calls down to him, and he commands in a silent voice that seemed to fill the universe. There we go. And he basically floats Marco up to the top. Yep. And lets him breathe. Like a non-playable like, character in a video and, game. Yes, and they all <laughs> ended up getting on his back, I think, and yes. he swam him to shore. Yeah. And yeah, he like too far out. Yeah, he like spoke to Cassie like whale songs, and yep. she learned of all these things of the sea, and She's it was like, beautiful. She's like, you know, exactly what he's saying. Yeah, it was pretty hippy dippy shit. But I, I mean, I liked it. how do you know he's not saying like ass, grass, or cash for the ride, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, he doesn't. You know, he doesn't sing for the little ones, which are them. They are yeah. the little ones. He calls them the little ones. Yeah, he sings for a mate, and Marco's like, ah, cruising for chicks. Got it. Right. Yeah, he's definitely. Like, I wonder if the big old guy even realizes he saved my life and. Cassie says, Marco, that big old guy realizes things you and I will never be able to guess. Man, yeah, that is, like, definitely a... So there was a moment with the whale. Like, yeah. They did, like, that, uh, a soul bond. Yeah. I mean, we haven't really, we haven't really had a lot of that, like, animal mythology stuff yet, but I mean, yeah, I mean, if anyone is gonna bring that mythology in, though, Cassie, I mean, she just seemed, you know, hippy-dippy granola type, so... I'm not mad about it. It's a little change of a uh, thought process. Yeah. So, um, now yeah, we know. so Marco's, you know, the next day she goes to his uh, sad dad apartment. Oh, yeah, here. that's right. Dad's just, like, hanging out. He's actually not wearing his bathrobe. Marco hasn't put it on. Yep. Um, he answers the door. <laughs> and she's like, hey, buddy. <laughs> yeah. You doing okay? Sorry, I almost died, uh... You know, your dad just always watching TV like that. Yeah, we kind of reiterate in this point, too, just like, because, I mean, we haven't had Marco's book yet that he's, like, 
yeah, my dad's like uber depressed because my mom drowned a couple years ago and like right. mom died, dad quit here. his job, and now he's just the lowly. I think he's a janitor. Yeah, yeah, which you know, yeah, it's yeah. insulting to janitors everywhere. Yes, he's uh, I mean, solid profession. Yeah, he's like he's just mopping away everything but his tears, <laughs> and he's basically like, I can't put my dad, you know, through something like you know, I gotta be more careful. And she's like, okay, <laughs> so you're good or. Yeah, and basically she goes, checks on him, and he's like, yeah, we're good, we're good, uh, you know, I got, you know, it's funny, we were worried about these aliens, and I got bit by a fucking shark. Yeah. I think it just demonstrates, though, like, that Cassie is sensitive, and she, like, cares about the other people on the team. I mean, it didn't sound like anyone else showed up to check on Marco, so. Right. So, um, eventually they meet a few days later, I think it only is, and... They come up with this plan, yeah. Um, because, eventually to agree upon. Yes, because now they've really decided, like, you know, clearly an Andalite's in distress. They're in the ocean, like somehow we have to, we have to heed this. Sorry, let's look at. We don't have no leads anyway, otherwise. Right. So, well, I mean, totally. They're like we are in a completely stagnant spot, mm-hmm. and they're also still very much like under the thought process, like. Other Andalites will come to Earth and take over this battle for us. Right, yep. And they're like, oh, maybe one of them crashed down here. Right. We need to help them. We'd love to tap out. So. Yep. Missing um, a lot of trig. <laughs> so. Yeah, and they just talk. Tobias can't really go out there. Yeah. He can't fly that long. Yeah. Those thermals aren't going to last out there's there. There's no thermals over the ocean, they yeah. say. Yeah. Just yeah, cake by the ocean. Important thermal fact. Yes, and hawks, unlike other birds, can't just like continuously like flap over the air like that. It's very exhausting for them. They need those thermals to like ride and glide. Um, we learn about other birds later on who are uh, better at that. They're just like flapping. Part. Right. Yeah. And, you know. So they set this plan where they're going to be seagulls, and because mm-hmm. they somehow or another figured out. That the oh so it was on the news that there was going to be some diving teams yeah. looking in this area for something yeah and they figured that it was controllers and they were discovering their story yeah so they kind of got a general area where they need to be it's like twenty miles out it's far yeah so they gotta and it's not next to like an island they or can't anything like yeah that. they can't morph basically and that's the problem they can't yep. it would take them longer to get out there yep so they had they're going to be seagulls and. Get your ride on a ship out to the area. Which is smart. Um, and they, yeah, they turn to seagulls, and it's great, because they, they're basically like me, and they just want to eat trash yeah. all day. Seagull and thing is pretty comical. They, all they, yeah, all they do is, like, they're, like, pinpointing, like, oh, there's half a Three Musketeers bar behind that car. McDonald's fries. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, they're, they're... There's some branding in here, for sure. Yeah. I mean... They definitely are, like, they're not as, like, it's not as fun as being, like, a hawk or, like, an osprey or osprey. There's no thermals over water. Right. But the seagull, I mean, A, they blend in really well because they're not conspicuous because, of course, they're at the beach. And they're always going to be, they always follow big ships. Yeah. And they often are together. You know, they don't, they fly in groups. They flock. Yep. And it seems like their flying is pretty easy. Like, they can flap more and they also can land on the water and, you know, hang out for a minute like ducks do, so... It's a useful. It's a useful animal to be right now. Yeah. So they're they're seagulls. They're cruising after the ship. Yep. And they basically have to give everything they got just to get on the ship because yep. it's, it's it's going pretty fast. Yep. I think they figured out eighteen miles an hour or something. Yeah. Um, 
don't know how fast the seagull flies, but yeah, not that fast probably. Probably barely faster than that, but they yep. caught it. Yep. And uh, so now they're here and they land. They, yeah, they land and they kind of hide in like a, an area that's not visible from the bridge. And yeah. Not a lot of issues at this point. Yeah, that's not an issue at all. Um, I will say, though, it did mention that this boat was headed to Singapore. Oh. Oh. So there's our geographical clue. So, so it's, it's on the, the West Pacific Coast. Ocean. The Pacific Ocean. Pacific Ocean. Oh, right. That is a very good observation, Scotty Shark. I feel like if it was going to Singapore via the Panama, they would it would have been mentioned that it had to go through. I don't know. Does it, yeah. It, it seems very... Certain that it's West Coast, so, and I, I would probably go, I don't know, I would go Northern California to Southern, or British Columbia region, it is my guess right now. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it must. I think it's more temperate. So. I get the sense that they might be in a suburb of a bigger city. Maybe, like, San Fran, maybe, maybe Seattle, maybe, maybe, uh, yeah, Vancouver, maybe they're Canadian, I guess we don't know. Um... That's great. Great clue. Yeah. Another great so. observation. And, uh, yeah, they, the, uh, the Yerks are definitely out there. They yeah. see them, their boats, they see their helicopters, yeah. I think. And so now they have to find a way to discreetly demorph from seagulls and then turn into dolphins. <laughs> yeah, and this sounds noticed. terrifying because it's like a giant ship. Man. Yeah. So there are hundreds of feet above the water. Yep. And maybe not hundreds, but a hundred. I don't know. Yeah. And they're cruising along and they basically got a morph. Once they're in the water, but Marco can't do it, so they half morph him on the railing yeah. and basically and flop him me. in, and it's just kind of funny, but also like I don't, I don't know if I could do that. That's got to be. I don't know if I could do that one because I feel like I would just get. What if I just pass out at the water? I won't build a more. I know they all they all do it. I mean, I feel like if you were a dolphin, though, like you could do it mostly on the boat because the, they can breathe, right? And you, you can just breathe like, air, flop your tail, right? You take most of your weight, you can just lean over. I the guess front. it's not very discreet, but. but. Yeah, who cares at that point? It's only right. like, oh, I saw a dolphin fall off the ship. No, you didn't, you drunk ass. <laughs> right. Like, right. That's true. Shut your blowhole. So, they're, yeah, they're swimming around deep down and doing all this. Having a little fun. Yeah, they are. They're, you know, a little more business this time. But uh, yeah. they see this big glass dome yep. ship, basically. And inside the glass dome is, like, these blue grass fields with... Um, Broccoli looking trees and yeah. blue, or blue and orange asparagus. It's basically, trees. for lack of a better thing, it's Sandy's house from SpongeBob. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's her glass they, dome house. But they, you know, they fly around with their environment and their spaceship and like the bridge and all the other stuff yeah. is on this bottom side of this. Yeah, um, it's like Sandy's house on top of a bigger ship. We actually learned that he has separated from the rest of the ship, so it's just that area. But it's a big part of the spaceship. Yeah. You know, and I, I can see that. The alien race wants to bring their home with them. Yeah. It keeps you uh, sane, probably. Yep. So we learn, so they, like, find a little entry point, like Sandy's, where they have, like, a like a chamber you can go into and the water will drain yep. and they can go in. Which, like, sidebar, I guess, like, I mean, unless you were planning to put the dome underwater, it's like, that's a pretty lucky move. Well, I guess it's just this... The same thing as the decompression chamber in space. Yeah, that's a good point. I, guess. I don't know. Well, that's it's all pressure. So we're going. Yeah, you know. Um, they, you know, they thought of it all. Right. These andalites. I don't know how they build these things. I guess they do have arms. Technology. They do have arms. They do have arms. I'm sorry. I was thinking with their hooves. With yeah, their, they, they have arms. arms. They're like yeah. centaurs. 
Um, so they come in and they're like, ooh, all right, like, this is a whole thing yeah. that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, and they get uh, men in black. Yeah. Basically, they get a big flash of light. Yep. And then come to later. Yep. And this Andalite is standing above them, looking fierce. Fee-fi-fo-fum. Yeah, they, so they think, like, it's terrifying to him. Yep. Um, they end up talking. They learn that he is actually Prince Elfinger's little brother. Aw, little baby and, bro. And he had thought that, like, Prince Elfinger and them were fighting them out in space. Yeah. And he was like, oh, what's the update? You know, how's and, it all going? And they're like, and they're like oh, wow. Listen, buddy. He's dead. He is so dead. He's the greatest warrior of all the Andalites. Yes. Um, Scott, are you going to try to our new Andalite friend to pronounce his name? Yeah, I mean, let's see. His name is Aximili Escaroth Istil. Hmm. All right. A good friend of mine. Uh, yeah. And, um, you know, Marco, I think... Right away is like, Axe like, will Yeah, hey, Axe, <laughs> what's like, up? That's not even... Um, so we learn, yeah, the Axe is like, I was on the ship, like, this part, like, shot off of it, landed here. I'm also... the crash a teenager. Yeah, he's like, I'm not really, like, I'm, like, what your guys' version so, of, like, a child is, kind of, but I'm not, like, child, child. I was running the shit, but uh, only because everyone else died. Yeah, yep. Kind of thing. And so, I was next in line. I mean, everyone's dead, yeah, I'm the end of the line. <laughs> so, he's like, so anyways, I've kind of been trapped down here, sort of, and he's like, I have been broadcasting a message for help. And that's, like, where Cassie's like, ah, that's what I'm hearing. There's your message. Um, and I think he had, like, opened up the frequency or something, too, and then that's how the Yerks yes, got well, into it. Yes, well, three, because he's an Andalite. So oh, yeah. he, like, basically sends out a message, but he can't discriminate who's going to hear it, because it's like a radio broadcast, but, like, telepathy. Cassie picks it up. Supposedly, I feel like the hypothesis is because she is such a good morpher, and she's more in tune that, like, she hears it. And then Tobias hears it because he's, like, in a morph permanently. Um, he also, as they're, like, dealing with Axe, he, and this will be a bigger deal later in the books, but he's pretty shocked that, like, his brother gave him the power to morph. Like, he's like, It's oh. not something they do. Right, right. right. Yeah. And there'll be more talk of that later, but he's like, that's... That's not right. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah, he must he's have been very desperate, at right? The least. Or, the, or he's like, I think he's also like maybe a little low key suspicious of them. Like, did you take the power? Are you Yurks? Like, I don't know. But he's like, you heard the distress call, so I guess you must have something, you know. Um, yeah, but they're hanging out, just having a good old time, right? Just laying in the grass. They have to recuperate a they're little. They're recuperating. Bit. Yeah, they had a lot of morphing a long between day, the seagulls and the morphs. dolphins. I get it. Um, they well, do talk sudden, about how taxing it is. Right, they have, and they talk about all this stuff, but eventually they hear the ping-ping of some sonar. Oh yeah, but uh, before that happens, oh, though, excuse me. I'm sorry, no. there's just a part where they're like, so anyways, Axe, our Andalite friend, because you know, at this point, they're like, we don't have, they're like, when should we expect help? Right, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh. That was the help. He's like, yeah, that was, like, you told me my brother's dead, I'm telling you that your planet is doomed. That was the best, the best guy we had. Right, he's like, so I guess no one is coming? So, they're like, there's only three races left in the universe that fight the Yurks, and only the Andalites can stop them. Yep, 
Yeah, we definitely two years yeah help to come. Is that's what he said? That's what he says. He's basically like they have a lot of people to help. I don't know if they're gonna help this dumb planet soon, but two years is a long fucking time when you're in middle school. Totally. Um, so they're like, that's not great news. But they at least like now have like a point person to ask some questions to, and they're like, well, I guess we'll save your ass. Yeah. So they see the impending doom of the the Yerks have basically come across the yep. ship. Yep. And I know that hard to find. They're like, oh, Axe is like, it's cool. I got a swimming morph from one of the creatures who came by, knocked them out. And yeah. Like, okay, what's like he, a he probably got or something a, he, probably, he probably got a dolphin too. Yeah, so something swimmy or a fish and right. I mean, something in the ocean he was able to touch. So. Turns out he's a shark, which yep. is actually great because yep. you know sharks are badass. Yep. He, He's, he's not going to eat them. Right. He's they're all. He's like, I look different than you guys. He definitely acts already starting off, really has that um, alien trope that you have in like movies and TV and stuff where he's just like, I'm not of this planet. What is this? Let me make some very like monotone, flat observations. Like, yeah. Okay. But, you know, it's early. It's 96. So, like, it hasn't been exhausted at this point. Yeah, he's kind of tentative. He's not. He's certainly not the warrior his brother is. No. He obviously could have blossomed into that, but right. maybe he will earlier than he was supposed to. He's like, look at all this nice teeth I have. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. When he, So, yeah. Anyway, that's. I think that's the next book. But, uh, when he... Uh, yeah. They, they get out of the water. Basically, right away, they're getting chased down. Yep. Um, they, Laser 3 is there. Yeah, and they drop some taxons in the water, yep. which apparently are like, fucking yeah. it's fantastic like, creatures, but they don't seem like they'll be that successful, judging by the way they just ripped them to shreds. Yeah, yeah. Like, the dolphin, like, Cassie goes to drive one with her nose and just just swims, like, rips right through it and like, yeah. just describes this mess of gore and everything. They're just tearing them apart. It's hilarious. Yeah, they're just like, taxons, come on, man. I mean, they're gross and creepy, you but you they ain't are hard fragile. in our oceans. You got nothing. They're like getting pretty close to being like the equivalent of like a Power Rangers putty guy. <laughs> you just like punch them out, and then they're gone. Yeah. So and they're you know they're getting out of there, but all of a sudden uh, something else drops into the water. Yep. Um, Visor Three. He yeah he has morphed he, into something from the Anandalite Moon yep. ocean. He's got an aquatic morph and. Axe being an Andalite recognizes the creature. Yeah, it's and called like, a Marta. Yes, and he's like, oh, we we ain't, I ain't good folks. Yes, yeah, so. this, this sounds like a, just like a big terrifying blob. Yeah, it has like three. That's what it seemed like to me. Yeah, right? and it, it has like three uh, big like pulsating air things or whatever that propels itself, and they go thump 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 or thump thump thump. I also felt like it felt once again obscure reference, mm-hmm. but like the. The final boss you fight in the water temple in Ocarina of Time. It's basically just a big blob. Okay. You have to long shot it and then slice it up. And you know what? She wrote this before that game came out, so. Inspiration. Right. Even though she's taken a lot from Echo the Dolphin. Yeah, it was here. a huge purple and red mottled bag that undulated and oozed through the water. So they start zipping away, you know, but it seems to be moving pretty fast. Um, and then. It's slowly gaining on them. They're all like, oh, we're going to fucking die. It's yes. Like, just. It's inevitable. Yeah. Um, they have that moment at, a lot in these books. Yeah. At one point, Cassie throws out a desperate That's right. dolphin call into the void. Yes. Saying, hey, her own radio broadcast. The yeah. ocean. Into the ocean. She, like, she got deep with it again for a moment. Yep. And a few moments later, they end up deciding, like, we got to turn and fight. I know we're going to lose, but we can't right. keep... Right. We cannot keep going. So... 
They turn around. Yep. And as they're bearing down, Visser 3 is coming to... Yeah. What is he? He says something. He's going to eat them. Because he yeah. was basically taunting them on the way. He's like, I don't know if I want to kill you or eat you. Or yeah. Or something like that. I'm like, you can be both, I guess. But, right. Uh, He's just having fun. So they're like, okay, <laughs> we need to fight him. And then, as I recall... She the- said goodbye. Oh, and I feel like she has a moment, too. I feel like it's right here where she kind of almost makes a little comment at Jake, like, a final thought of, like... I oh, yeah, she's like, I need to tell you something. Yeah. And he says, I know. Right. Me too, or something right. like that. She doesn't get a chance to, like, yes, say the words. Yes, me too, Cassie. Womp, womp, womp. I know. So, you know, that little that little crush stuff is moving forward. So that's gonna be awkward later. Yeah. Or not. Because it'll blossom and do love. Yep. Possibly. Who knows? It's a little seed plant. Anyway, now. she closes her eyes and prepares to die. Visser's rushing them. Um... Yeah, he makes up his mind he's going to eat them. Yep. And then the ocean answers their call. Five great whales. Yep. Two sperm whales. Yep. 60 feet long, 45 tons. Yep. And then there was, uh, yeah, there's some humpbacks. Yeah. The old uh, buddy. The great ones all showed up. Yep. And pummeled this motherfucker. Yeah. Until he retreated. Like, he's like, Rah! straight up gang you know, The The mud rat is huge, but, uh. Mardra. Mardra. That's the word. Okay. But, uh, nothing compared to five whales. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, they chase them away and everything's cool. Yeah, and then I think, yeah, they they are able, I think the whales also help guide them back home, too. Maybe that's the time they brought them to land. I think it's, I think, no, you're right, the both times, I think this time it just... They all get a ride. Um, nope, they, mo- they morphed once more into a dolphin. Where do they... Oh, right. Yeah. They swim around, and they get tired. They go up the river, back where they started, yep. and uh, axes with them, and then touches all of them. Yes, because he's, like, basically, like... He like, sticks well, we, out. Yeah. Well, there's, like, what are we going to do with them? Right. Um, and he, like, he needs a human morph, so he's like, I'll just take a little snippet of DNA from all of you. Except yeah, he, for Tobias. And he becomes a, a mixture of all of them. So, I mean... So he's probably super cute. Right. They do talk about it, not on this one as much, but they there's a lot of references to Axe's human form being very pretty. And they don't even say handsome. He's like a pretty androgynous man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because he's also probably kind of ethnically ambiguous. Because, I mean... Right. Rachel and Jake are white. Cassie is African-American. Yeah, he, he mentions... Marco's that, Latino. That's mentioned in here that they're... The skin color. Yeah, that he's important, but I forget what he said. I think just kinda... to say, like, you know, obviously. Um, and they're just like, well, I guess for now you're going to hang out with us. Axe also is basically like, okay, if I'm going to work with you because, like, he has a real military way of thinking, that's, like, the way the Andalites, he's like, who's in charge? And they're all like, Jake, Jake's yeah, in charge. So, yeah, and this happened back in the thing. He calls yeah. him Prince Jake because he's in charge. So yeah, it's kind of funny. Jake's like, don't call me that. And yes. Everyone else laughs at it, so it's cool. Because I guess in their like military world, like calling someone a prince is basically like the same as being like sergeant or whatever. It's just whoever you're, whoever's your person you are taking orders from is your prince. Right. And he's like, and Jake's like, Ugh, whatever. So they're like, I guess we got to take this alien around with us now. And, like, figure it out. Yeah, and he has, you know, he has a hard time with the mouth. Yeah, that's right, because he's he not used to it. have mouths, and he hasn't ever had to So talk. talking? Yeah. He'll, yeah, I don't know, what does he say? He says things, uh... He repeats a lot of his words, like, in the dialogue, because it's like the sound or the shape in his mouth feels weird. 
Um, so he talks about that a lot. He's, you know, he stutters, but then he'll say a word and he'll be like, you know, I chose male because I am male. Word male. Is that a good choice? Ch o c ch ch choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's just kind of like, eh, eh, you know, with the mouth. It reminds me very similar of like, uh, yeah, I know it's like almost like a stutter. Um, it just reminds me of all the chapters like reading in Harry Potter whenever Hagrid has a chapter because it's just like a lot of er, ter, ers, like okay, sounds. Yeah. And I'm like, that's ah, right, get it together, bitch. Like, yeah, so, and basically what. The book ends, they decide to, uh, you know, he's a human, they walk back and put him in the land behind Cassie's house. There's yeah. National Forest at the back of her property, so he can hang out back there, so now we know there's forest unbothered in his normal form. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's a big coup, though, to add Axe to the mix, um, because yeah, they didn't really have any way to get information. Like, whereas, like, Axe will know a lot about Yurks, he'll know a lot about Andalites, like, He'll know a lot about, like, this war already. Where, like, they're just kind of guessing. So... It's it, like when the Land Before Time added Chomper. Yes, yeah, you know, exactly. Just a new little un-understandable friend. I, I read gonna, a little blurb. They're gonna get it. I read a little blurb that originally Axe was supposed to be introduced in the second book. But they, like... She knew this was gonna be a long series. So she pushed it back a little bit. Because she didn't want to, like, overwhelm the readers, basically. She's like, let's just, like... You know, one thing at a time, y'all. So, yeah, Axe is now kind of in the mix. So, welcome to the Animorphs. This yep. is his debut. And the book actually ends with a little chapter. Cassie Goat flies to the gardens as a seagull. Um, and then goes and hangs out with the dolphins. Yeah. And is just kind of solemn and just kind of thinks about... You know, they kind of had some philosophical questions earlier in this book, too, about, like, is it even right for us? Are we just, like, the Yorks taking over? Yeah, that's right. We're Cass just taking over this animal's brain, but this animal doesn't really exist, so without the presence of me there, you know? Yep. So, that's I don't know, and there's just some thoughts about that. And Yeah, Cassie has a lot of ethical stuff she brings the to the table. Speaking with the whale really got to her, and I, yeah. I assume it was a very powerful moment. Yes, I mean, I guess it would be. You know, and she's basically like, yeah, is this right to, like you know, take DNA and, like, whatever from a sentient, anim sentient animal and, like, move forward. And So, yeah, I mean, that's to be... Cassie, that will continue to be a growing thing with her that she, like, wants to be, like, sort of a major buzzkill. Yep. But, God love her. Um, so, yeah, that was our first Cassie book. I don't know. What do you think, That's Scott? the message. I like the book. It was probably the best one, I mean, yeah. as far as things happening and you get to meet the uh, new andalite that they're yeah. actually going to have and around the, the ocean thing is kind of exciting because they haven't really talked about that but it's like a whole new environment you know for them right um yeah. endless possibilities yep. for sure and it's like you're like oh shit all right so that's kind of interesting i mean once again going back to the echo of the dolphin i mean okay you got dolphins you got whales that you got aliens all things in echo of the dolphin I mean, the only thing we're really waiting for is, like, crystals in the ocean that, like, give you weird riddles to stuff. But essentially, yeah, that's, like, what she was doing, was straight up echoing the dolphin. Um, just wanted to make that clear to all the listeners. There was another message, so... Right, I got it, got it. Multiple messages in here. Yeah, I like this one. I, I, Cassie's, like, she's a pretty good narrator, and unlike Rachel and Tobias and Jake at this point, she's kind of the first one to have a little bit more, like, I don't know, like, emotion or philosophy, as you're saying, Some like, attached to her. Yeah, so it's sure. like, she's not quite as, like, I don't know. The other ones are a little bit more, like, she doesn't, yeah, instinctual. She, she doesn't have these more, like, 
externally notable. Like, everyone else has their big issues in yeah. their life, like Jake's brother's control, or yeah. Marco's family is a mess, and Tobias always never really had one. Right. So, and her life's kind of good, so yeah. she gets into this stuff, I guess. Yeah. That's how it goes. <laughs> she does, she does. I mean, and, and Rachel has more of, like, I'm a danger junkie, like, um... Yeah. yeah, so Cassie at this point, yeah, she's our she's our new narrator. So I I like it. I feel like it is a good one. I I felt like for me when I was reading, I was like, okay, you know, we needed like some shoe to drop, and now we have a new character, and that's what we needed. So I was happy for that. Um, and now we only have well, I guess technically too, because we have Marco left for a narrator we haven't heard from. And then Axe will be built into the rotation, too. So we'll get a little Axe. Okay. He's not... I think we have a minute before we go to him, though. He's not as frequent as them. He's just, like, right. gets sprinkled in here and there in the rotation. Um, but we'll get an Axe book before too long, too. The next one's Marco. It's called The Predator. Yeah, that's right. Marco um, the Predator. That one's got a gorilla on the cover. Marco is the gorilla. Fun fact about that one, if you, you know, know... You know it's the only one with Marco in the picture where he has his really notable bad mullet. Um, all the rest of the Marco covers don't have that, so... Well, I only see him as the kid with the mullet. So. I know, because that's how they introduce him! Right. You can't take it, but apparently marketing must have taken it back. Maybe um, Dad finally could afford a haircut. I don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stole some true. scissors from work. So yeah, so thanks for listening, you guys. Um, as, as always, yeah. feel free to email us. Yerkjerks at gmail.com. No one has emailed us yet. Uh, I mean, we've got a lot of them, so, you know, mailbag next week for sure. Yeah, don't feel like you're bothering us. We're happy to read them. Um, Sign me up for spam, something. Yep, if you are driving, I hope you're being safe right now. <laughs> for all you listeners out there. Otherwise, just be dangerous, right? Just not in time. Bye. Bye.